winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Owen Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clon Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. See realestatealliance.ie. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening and would love to know your thoughts on the busy weekend of sport across the county. Our text number is 083 311 That number works for WhatsApp messages as well, 083 Double three double one. if you prefer to tweet us. Our Twitter handle is at Sport. Lots to come with the County Senior Football quarterfinals throwing up lots of interest both in the senior and in the intermediate as well. We'll have reaction to all those games in the course of this hour. We'll also have the ladies football semi-final reflections, wins for Brian Baruse and Feather to repeat of last year's final will be the pairing for this year's County Senior Ladies Football Final. Barry Ryan will join us on a very interesting weekend in the FAI Junior Cup and indeed in the Premier League in the TSDL. We'll talk to Barry before seven, before eight tonight and also speak to Geraldine Canan with semi-final, with, with um, quarter-finals, quarter-final action in the uh, Camogie Senior Championship as well. Our text number is 083-311-3311. But let's start this evening with uh, an interview we did on Friday evening live from New York with Dara Lynch who spoke to us. Now, those of you who might not be familiar with Daryl Lynch. Daryl Lynch is a young man who was a very, very gifted junior when it came to rowing and got a scholarship to Yale University in New England over in the United States where he rowed a lot of eights and wasn't really happy, I think, rowing a lot of eights and sort of uh, perhaps fell out of love with the sport a lot of the time and COVID offered him opportunities to come back into the sport and start training again, so much so that not only has he qualified for the Olympic Games in a double skull uh, for next year's Paris Games but he also along with his partner Phil um, Philip uh, in the boat were able to secure a bronze medal at the World Championships in Serbia earlier on this month an extraordinary achievement and I caught up with Dara during the week for a brief interview and uh, I just began to ask him to reflect on that regatta in Serbia that allowed him to not only gain a bronze medal but also to secure Olympic qualification it was different to the other regattas. So I came back from America in March, end of February, early March. Um, so I was working in New York for like eight months and I was just sitting at the desk all day. So I got a bit bored and I started training in the evenings there. And then my fitness was coming back. So I asked my work if they'd let me work remotely. And then I got in touch with the Rowan Ireland guys and they obviously talked me back then. But from then like when I got back we got into the double together with Phil and it started going well very early on in the season so we had the European Championships in May and we got fourth there and that was after very little time in the book so that was obviously a very good sign and then we did the World Cup in Lucerne where we got a bronze it was against the same guys it was the Dutch Croatia and us and then World Championships like it's a different race because it's a week long so um you need to really time your peak properly so we went in quite tired to the heat knowing that it was a week long and by the end come the semi-final and final we knew we'd freshen up and peak by then which is what we needed so is, is that not a bit risky to go yeah. into a heat a little bit under par because it does only takes a couple of missed strokes or maybe uh you know uh waddling a bit in the lane and you can lose a meter very easy 
yeah because that, that was the issue and also then you begin to question whether you actually did time it right or if you're if, if that peak is going to come so that it was quite stressful because the quarterfinal in terms of qualification was kind of a big one because to get you have to get through the quarterfinal to make the top 12 and top 11 qualified so we obviously still weren't at our best by the quarterfinal but thankfully we did get through but yeah it definitely is a bit risky but you see you like you can see track the championship that some crews were kind of quick early on and slowed down as the as the week went on how much science is there in how you do that that you come into a world championships or you come into a major regatta although regattas are a little different because there's not as much heats but um you come into a world championships and you've got to try and do that so nutrition rest all that kind of stuff must play a huge role in how you peak for a final yeah it's um so it's it like that's a that's the issue is nobody really knows the set method um so we do a thing that's called super compensation where you train too hard say there's two weeks out you train too hard then your body can recover from so that you go like below what your body should be like you just can't recover from it and you're exhausted and then the theory is that when you recover re- recover from that you go up above you go a little bit above what it, it's it's like a massive bounce is that it yeah yeah that's what's going to be it's like you're so tired and then when your body recovers from that it gets an extra little bit but then obviously it's risky like we we if we hadn't have done that we still would have qualified um but i think that's what you need to do to kind of go for the medals is yeah but it's, it's obviously like a, a tough one to yeah. get right can i ask you about how important getting the right partner and what that partnership is like when you're sculling and uh i would imagine that's a pivotal part of of, of your career and your trajectory is to make sure that the person alongside you i think your stern whoever your bow is 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 you're compatible for want of a better term yeah yeah um so Phil, I've kind of known him for a long time, but I've never really rode with him until this year. He's been around for a good while. So he was in the he was in the boat in Tokyo at the Tokyo Olympics. Um and it definitely does make a big difference to get along because you're in the boat like three hours, four hours a day. And obviously there are times where you start getting frustrated at each other and just being able to deal with that properly is definitely key to making the training sessions keep going well because there's sometimes where you get so frustrated you're like, like the training session kind of kind of start going downwards and if you keep on doing that again 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 obviously that's gonna have a very negative impact on you so i think yeah just being able to deal with that together can very- I, yeah hugely important um can i ask you about the impact of covid because i just wonder how, what opportunities and risks that had for your career it probably gave you an opportunity maybe to get get away from the sport for a little bit or maybe to be very insular because rowing can be a bit of a selfish, you have to be selfish to be a, an elite rower. So maybe that lockdown allowed you to be a little bit more selfish to it. Yeah, I think the lockdown probably helped me because I was rowing over in America before the lockdown and just wasn't, it wasn't that high a level that I was rowing at. So I'm like one of the smaller guys over here. So I was never in the top boat in America. Because they're all like six, 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 seven, and I know the big boat tech coach just really like the tall guys, and um, so I was kind of losing a bit of interest. And then when COVID hit, 
I didn't really have much else to do, so I started training again. And that, then I joined the Irish team again for 2021 and race Europeans. I was in the double for the Europeans, but then um, the two guys who qualified both for Tokyo got back together and they race in Tokyo. But I guess that kind of, because the confidence was down from America because after a while of not being in the best boat, she kind of began to not, not like believe the coach's opinion of you. So, um, I think then joining the Irish team again kind of gave me that confidence that I was actually passing. Is there a, a sense when you went to Yale that they're very interested in eights and that, you know, you, they're they're the six foot six, what we see yeah. in both races. And there's that kind of varsity thing. And maybe there's more of a tradition of rowing eights in, in that New England kind of structure than there would be, say, in Ireland and where, the yeah. where you know, down Skibbereen and the National Rowing Centre, we don't really have a tradition of eights. No, uh, yeah, all like literally all we rode in in Yale was nice. We never got into any small boats. So, and in in the eights too, it's also very difficult to see who the actual best guys are. So, um, and you're also only one age of the boat, so a lot of factors can play into it. So it's difficult to really show like if you are quick enough and stuff. Um, I know like in national teammates maybe it's a bit different, but because they they have more time to break down into like smaller boats and race smaller boats against each other. But I think just in the college, um, say six out of the eight seats would be selected really without it, just straight off the bat. He kind of knows who you're going to put in the top of. You went to Tokyo, I think it was a reserve. So you were there, you were in the Olympic Village, you saw... No, with the COVID, um, I was oh. just, I was like in the base camp thing outside oh. the Olympic Village, yeah. Me I just wondered... How much of a how much of a taster you got for it? I mean, it, it it's great to be there. It's great to go to a games, but you want to be in the water. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't great to be honest, especially with COVID. We couldn't really. It was it was weird um, atmosphere. Like we had to spit into this cup every morning, um, and then I so Gary O'Donovan. He was also the spare for the lightweight double. So um, he was apparently a close contact. So we we were like isolating and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. it, was, it wasn't it wasn't a great atmosphere. No. I didn't yeah. get much of a taste. No. But your trans your progression then into you know with 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 the competition in the lightweight boat, um, so that you can then with yourself and Phil develop, I suppose, a niche for yourselves. How has that? How difficult has it been to try and carve that out with a highly competitive, elite rowing system in Ireland? Yeah, um, well, I think Antonio, our, the high performance director, has done a good job in getting people at the Rowan Centre full time because I think that was a big issue before. Is obviously the lightweights were always there's a long history of lightweights doing well in Ireland, like um, in fours and lightweight skulls, a lot of world champions stuff from lightweight. But um, what he did is he kind of got people down to the Roman Centre, training full-time, and the programme is very, very difficult, but um, people are definitely getting faster as a result. So we, we have, like, eight... Actually, no, we have, like, 10, 15, I think, heavyweights down there, nearly full-time at the moment. So um, that's definitely good. And we we get the chance to race Paul and Finton fairly often so on, on a Sunday we, we often do race pieces and they'd come out and if we know if we can do well against them we know 
we're going well. Well, so. well you were a class <laughs> if you're racing against yeah. those. And I mean, I remember seeing you uh, race in the national championships as single skulls. Paul won it. You were second. I always remember the gap back to third. Now there was a there was a gap between you and Paul, but I think you you weren't if you were in the high school, you weren't long out of the high school at that stage. Yeah, yeah, that was when I was a junior. But um, the the national championships in 2021, we raced them too, and I I got that one. I yes, that's right. Junior. Yeah. But when I was junior, yeah, he beat me. He beat me a good bit. But um, the thing is, um, that was a senior skill. The thing is, um, if people see like Paul and those guys are entered into an event at the Irish Championships, they pull out. So I'd say okay. that's, that's why the gap was so far. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm interested, though, then, as to where you decide that, you know, single sculling might not be for you and that you want somebody in the boat with you. Is that a... Is that a decision you make or how much do you lean on the likes of Antonio to make that decision or to advise you? Um, it would be Antonio's decision. Like the, the single skull is very, very, very difficult. Um, the, I'd say that's definitely the toughest. Um, like honestly, it's definitely the toughest event at the World Championships because that's kind of, you know, the Usain Bolt kind of guys who they're just so good that they want to just roll by themselves and they have huge physiologies that sort of stuff but oftentimes you do see them they, they try going to a crew boat and maybe they won't be as good but um i don't know there's some different bets skulls. It's, it's very very difficult like the guy who wins the skull is yeah so i think obviously i think we look at single scholars with a little bit more admiration than we have in yeah. the past based on what you've just said because of yeah, yeah they're doing it all on their own so you know, in terms of their VO2s and all that kind of stuff, they must be colossal. Yeah, and just uh, the chance of going for a medal there is obviously a lot tougher than yeah. a crew boat. I feel as though, like, as the boats get a bit bigger, like the eights, if you break an eight down into smaller, if you take the guys out of eights, very oftentimes in smaller boats, like, you wouldn't see them performing as well. Like, Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I see the point you're making. I'm just wondering as yeah. well about, um, you know, uh, your progression and now you've Olympic qualification it, it's kind of unusual in your sport in that you qualify a boat it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that you're on the law of averages you're going to be hopeful that you're going to be in the water in in Paris but yeah. the boat is qualified so we'll cross that bridge when we come to it but when Paul and Gary got their silver I always felt from listening to Paul he always knew there was more and I'm wondering what you can sort of perhaps pick up from Paul in terms of bridging that gap between a world bronze and, and meddling at Olympic Games yeah, um, well, I think the big thing that goes in favour for us is like the Croatians who beat us, they've been full-time rowers for well over 10 years. The Dutch guys have been, they got a silver at Tokyo. So like they, they've been training full-time for a long time. And the fact that I came back in March, like Phil was kind of working up until Christmas. Um, so we only really had seven, seven odd months to actually repair and before the world championships we weren't hitting personal best or anything like that and uh, physiologically like we were rowing very well but physiologically we weren't at our best so I think um, another year would be huge in terms of physiology and better definitely um, and I think the margin improvement could be a lot bigger than these guys who have been full time for so long at their margin improvement. So you're you're working at the moment. I mean, you're over in New York at the minute. So how yeah. do you how do you work and try and be an elite 
rower when you're you're up against full time athletes? Yeah, well, when I initially came back, I was working full time for three months, so March till after the Europeans. So I kind of just wasn't too sure if I was going to be any good when I came back. So I was like, I'll come back, give it a go. Um, so I kept working full time and kept my visa so that I could go back if if the working if the rowing didn't work out. But then we, we were forward to the Europeans, so I um thought I might as well give it a go. And then I asked them if I could reduce the hours a little bit because it was extremely, extremely intense. Like I'll be on the bike training and I'll be getting all these work emails. So I know I was very, very stressed all the time. And like I'd wake up eight at eight, uh, train till about half eleven, twelve, then work until about three, half three, um, train from half three to about half six, seven, and then work till like eleven o'clock at night. So uh, it was very difficult to um to get like proper food and stuff in. So I I asked them to reduce hours, but I'm still working four and a half hours a day. So with Rowan, I could kind of raise a full time job, so it's still quite tough. But I'm probably not ideal, but um. I'm looking into because I'm gonna I, I qualify for funding now, but the issue is, um, you don't get funding until April with how Sport Ireland works, so I don't get okay. anything until yeah. Okay. All right. No, no, it's 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 re- really fascinating insight. I think into into uh, somebody who's working working and trying to compete at your level. Um, the, the Olympic Games, uh, it's kind of a strange question because. Did qualifying for the Olympics give you as much satisfaction as the meddling at the Worlds? Or, you know, you can't have one without the other. But I would imagine, is it just a stepwise progression that the, the Olympic qualification came as a result of the Worlds, which in itself was hugely satisfying? Yeah, it's weird. Like, when you when you started the regatta, you're, well, especially when we did the heat and we weren't very happy with how we did, you're kind of like, okay, now we better get this qualification. But then, as soon as you get the qualification, it's like, oh, yeah, I kind of, expected that and now you're like oh now I want a medal and then I don't know you get the medal and you don't seem to care either but um it's weird you're, like you're almost more relieved when when you get the medal um because in the back of your mind you kind of we knew we were definitely quick enough for one but so it's kind of like a, it's 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 very there's a lot of pressure definitely at the at the regatta um so like you're kind of relieved to get to get the medal in the end you, you said you said a couple of times like you wanted to come back to see how how you do and you yeah. said you know that was there ever a sense of self self doubt I mean you were, you've been a top class rower for many years since you were in school in the high school and you were here on the shore with Clamell Rowing Club so you mm-hmm. always had the talent but lots of talented rowers don't make it so I'm wondering how you overcome those self doubts. Yeah, I definitely didn't think like if you told me when I came back that I got a bronze medal at the world championships this year i definitely wouldn't have believed it um given the time we only had um so that was definitely a big but obviously as the season went on i started expecting it more but definitely if i came back and you told me that i definitely would i was i my aim was just to get into a boat and hopefully qualify the boat and then next year um really start to be competitive but like that happened already this year so Hopefully that's a good sign for next year if we can um, improve a lot physiologically. Um, and does that mean uh, putting on muscle? Does that mean putting on kilos? Or when you say improving physiologically, is it just oxygen uh, capacity you need to increase or what? Um, it's largely like our training is pretty much all the cardio. We do weights three times a week and then we do 
like 10, 11, um, actually more, I'd say we do about 12 to 14 cardio sessions a week. So it's all really cardio. I think my strength is more so the aerobic side of it. Because when I was in Clamel training by myself um, on the Ergen stuff, all I did was I trained so much just cardio-wise. Um, so I think that really became a strength. But the sport itself is all kind of on the aerobic side. Um, but Antonio likes to do a lot of high intensity as well, our, our high performance tractor. Mm. But um, I think my strength is definitely the aerobic side where, and that would come into play kind of in the middle of 1K and then helps you get that sprint at the end. Like you saw, even our race profile was like we were kind of a bit behind at the start. And then just kind of come through as the race goes on. But and at the Europeans, you know, uh, I think you were chasing down the Belarusians, and it was the yeah. last K, I think, or even the last five hundred that you really yeah. just powered through on that. Yeah. So like a lot of a lot of boats, they go off very hard, and um, like the majority of the time, the first K is normally quicker than the second, but our second K was quicker than our first K, so. And that kind of comes into the aerobic. But Phil, my partner, he's quite anaerobic. So he'd be very explosive and stuff. And I think that's that's definitely a good match in that way. What's next? Um, well, I'm actually, yeah. I'm excited, yeah, just to uh, get back did I see something? To... Did I see something about a, a coastal rowing team? Uh, yeah, rowing and enter us into the coastal rowing, but I, I don't think I'll go. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I... Uh, rowing is a very hard sport. I don't know much about coastal rowing, but that yeah. looks even harder. So uh, yeah. they're trying to, um, because I think there's talk of the lightweight rowing being removed from the uh, after this Olympics, lightweight rowing is not going to exist anymore. So apparently, to replace it, they're going to put in coastal rowing because they obviously the Olympics just want viewers, so it'll be a bit more exciting to watch boys run around a beach. So I think they're. Yeah. I think they're okay. Well. Anyway. Look. Uh, a huge, huge, huge future, Dara, for you. And we just, uh, it's nice to touch base with you and see how things are. Because I think the last time we spoke to you, I think you were in the studio with me when you were a high school student a long, long time ago. So uh, yeah. I just uh, just wish you well and congratulate you from everyone in Tipperary for your success so far. It's just been a great story. And uh, I'm really looking forward to next year. I can't tell you because mm-hmm. we don't get many Tipperary Olympians. So it's uh, it's a magnificent story. And uh I don't know when you like you're working at the moment. You're planning to come home and probably go full time then. Um. Yeah. So I'm still. I'll come home. I'm coming home on the weekend. Um. And I'll continue working part time for a bit anyway. I don't know. Is Yale finished? Yeah. I might just. I'll see you all day. Are you done? Are you done in Yale? Is that is that chapter yeah. finished? Yeah. Okay. So I'm well, just working away on training. Away. Yeah. Right. Excited for season. I'd hate to see your schedule. I'd hate to see how many calories you have to try and put into your body in the course of a working day and try and work as well. But look, anyway, really good talking to you and thanks very much for your time. Cheers. Thanks, Afghan. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. Realestatealliance.ie. Yeah, don't forget the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month. We're looking for nominations for September. You can send a nomination to sportstar at tipfm.com. That's sportstar at tipfm.com. That's in association with the Talbot Hotel in Clamell and John Quirk Jewellers in Care. Let's turn our attention to the weekend action in the county senior and intermediate 
football quarterfinals. Martin Quinlivan joins me. Good evening to you, Martin. Evening, Ronan. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for joining us this evening. Um, a few weeks ago, we were looking at Moyle Rovers' set of results and wondering if they might find themselves in relegation peril. Then they go and they turn over Lockmore Castellani in a late, late dramatic finish by a single point. Were we premature in our analysis of Moyle Rovers yeah. or did they just maybe listen to what we had to say and galvanise? <laughs> yeah, well, obviously they, they brought Peter Atchison back for that do-or-die third round of the of the championship and, um, and you know, it, it, got, it got him over the line with a, with, with a really good performance. Obviously, when they Rory didn't Collins more. too, he came back from Spain, I think, for for both yeah. games, both the quarterfinal yeah. and that do or die. Yeah, and, and, and one would imagine the temptation to bring everybody back for the semi-final against the old rivals, Comic Commercials, will be huge. But uh, they'll be delighted to have turned it around and, and, and fair play to them. Now, obviously, Saturday was... Which has become kind of the norm between you know games between the likes of Lockmore and my Rovers in recent years. It's down to literally a kick of the ball, and that's what it was. I think Lockmore were a little bit aggrieved. Maybe there might have been a, a late free or an advantage played that might have then been called back for a free that could have seen them go ahead in injury time. But um, game played on, and Ben Owen swung over the what was the winning score, and uh, you know definitely from my Rovers, to, you know they were hugely and um, delighted to get through that game and uh, and be in the semi final. Yeah, and much congratulations to them because they seem to have found their mojo. It took them a little while, but they have found their mojo. And whilst nobody gives them much, and the bookies won't give them much of a, a prayer against commercials, this would be a hell of a sweet scalp for Moyle Rovers if they were to take down the colours of the county champions. Yeah, they, they, they'll, re, they'll remember 2018 and, uh, you know, when, when a very late on Kerry Goal uh, did for commercials and they went on to win a county. Now, obviously, the two teams met in last year's semi-final and I think commercials ran out seven or eight-point winners. Moyle Rovers were winning a half-time, if I remember correctly, in that game. Um, and, and, look, these games take a, a law unto themselves, but... You know, commercials certainly have been, uh, you know, since the Kilsheelan game, they've been leaving, you know, answering every question. I mean, they've been confining the opposition to, you know, five, six, seven points and running up big scores, three, four, five goals uh, a game. Uh, all of their main players are back. Obviously, the, uh, you know, the St. Mary's contingent are now are, are finished hurling for the year. So they have a full focus on it. And, uh, you know, all the portents are good. But uh, they'll not, you know, they'll certainly uh, be well aware of the threat that my Rovers will have. And my Rovers, I'm sure, will come stacked, as you said, with nothing to lose. And, um, you know, it'll, it, it, it'll not be the foregone conclusion people are writing it out because no. these teams are going back 15, 20 years uh, and, and always bringing the best out of each other. And, you know, and in fairness... Uh, in recent years, Liam Boland has been a real thorn in the commercial side. Like he, you know, he's, he's, his conversion rate from freeze, particularly against commercials, has been uh, very impressive. Know, uh, but he scored a hell of a goal on Sunday, on mm. Saturday. He went mm. half the length of the field, and what will disappoint Lock more, I think, more. And I'll get Tom's view in a minute. Uh, nobody really put a glove on him, which is most mm. unlock more like. Yeah, it is, and obviously, you know, Noel McGrath, the talisman, um, has been the talisman for 15 years, was missing, um, and you know that Noel, Noel would be a huge loss. Um, but no, as we said, look, fair play to my Rovers. Um, they certainly turned the season around. We did say that you know, back even when they were struggling the first two games, there was good people involved, and you know, they needed and, and football needed my Rovers uh, to turn it around. And in fair play to them, they have done. Um, you know, they know themselves though that if they don't turn up against commercials and take a beating, uh, you know, it'll undo all of the good work that's been done in the last few weeks. So uh, you know, they'll, they'll know that, and uh, I presume so will commercials. Commercials four seventeen, Balna seven points. I thought in my uh, sort of uh, 
amateur analysis of this, I thought Balna would be competitive up to half time, but commercials just seemed to be able to blow them away and Balna couldn't get a foothold in the game at all. Yeah, they've gone fairest commercials this year. Um, they seem to be worked an, an enormous amount on uh, defensive work and they've been, you know, conceding very, very few scores, Could become really good at turnover. The likes of Carl Dealey is having a really good season in that regard. Ross Peters is as busy as ever. And once they turn you over with the quality of player they have going forward, they're going to hurt you, won't hurt any opposition. Um, you know, obviously they've also uh, brought in Oshin McConville to add just that little bit extra, I suppose, you know, experience in terms of, you know, winning at both club level with Cross McLean and national level. And uh, he's, he's come in as a kind of an advisory role, um, you know, just to, 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 to improve it further again. And certainly the results to date have been really impressive over the last three weeks or the last three games. Yeah. Uh, against Roman Angel Rogue and again on Saturday against Ballina. Now, you know, Ballin, none of those three teams would probably be considered, uh, you know, county winning material at the start of the season. So they'll also be very conscious of that. They did what they had to do with the public. haven't played anybody, you know, who would have been in the conversation for county since maybe the Casillan game. And, you know, I think that was so, had to be fresh in their mind. But, um, yeah, this will be an interesting one. And obviously, commercials will have to carry the mantle of favourites going into the game and, uh, and the Rovers will, will have somewhat of a free swing. And just for balance, I think it's fair to say, you know, you mentioned that commercials have the Mary's contingent all now focused on football, but while Rovers had, were involved in Junior A hurling and lost mm. Stephen Quirk as a result of that Junior A hurling and whilst, yeah, he's a big loss to their Junior A hurling team, which ultimately lost an extra time, I think, to Brackens, um, but he's a big loss to their football team. Huge, yeah, huge. Stephen, you know, I mean, obviously he was a county player the last two years. Uh, you know, whether he's playing in midfield or whether he's playing in, in, in the full forward line, he causes problems. And, um, you know, he'd, he'd certainly be a loss in that regard. And, you know, my rovers know that like, commercials are an extremely tall and big and athletic team. And they want to have to compete with them in the air. And, uh, you know, the likes of Stephen Quirk would be a huge asset in that regard. Tom McGrath with us. How are you, Tom? Not bad, Ronan. Just a quick word Hi, on Martin. the... Uh, quick word on Mile Rovers Lockmore uh, I made a point about Liam Boland going through the length of the field and well half the length of the field anyway and slotting the goal I mean Lockmore will look back on that game with some regrets uh, I would imagine Yeah I suppose like five, tight, tight, fine margins and all that like had had a couple of half goal chances themselves didn't take it then kind of committed <laughs> I smiled to myself committed committed to attack whereas I thought in the hurling the week, the week four committed totally to defence but got hit on a counter attack and you know I mean my Rovers end up end up with the right the right fella in the right place with with the ball like and sort of with the with his with his wrong foot shall we say you know, probably maybe concentrate in a little bit off guard. Like, but when you catch it with the weaker foot, catch it right, it, it, it can happen. And you know, that's good quality forward. Like, I, I take your point, took, but took, I, it, I, took it well. Like. I would say to you that Liam Boland's weaker foot is stronger than mine. Strongest foot and a lot of players' strongest foot. You know, that's well, he primarily he'd be left, he'd be left footed player. He would. Like, that's uh, what he takes for easy. But he, but he was he, he was showed a bit of dexterity anyway and had, a, had popped it with the right one and sort Job of done. you know the, the goalkeeper, goalkeepers would have their bit of homework done and probably Shane Lindsay might be caught a little bit in the hop with it but it was a it was a quality finish like and that's and when you get those chances you want the, you know this certain fellas you want getting those chances and Liam got the chance and he took it and you know fair to him but I mean you know historically the last four, five, six years there's been little or nothing between mm-hmm. between Lockmore Castellini and my Rovers and I think they just about deserved, deserved their win on Saturday night uh, Martin I know you're
up against the clock, so I'll just ask you one quick question and I'll get your view on it before I get Tom's. And that's the way that the Kilsheel and Kilcash result was determined. Two rounds of penalties. Upper Church winning 7-6 after the second round of penalties. We had to go around the, 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 round the, the, the church again, if you like. You know what I mean? It's a difficult way to settle a county quarterfinal. I know why there's only a certain amount of Sundays, but it's a hard yeah. way to go out. Oh, it is. Absolutely. It's a great way to win. You know what I mean? But um, and it's exciting for spectators. But it is a hard way to go out. But obviously, Castellan have a county semi-final intermediate hurling this coming weekend. There just wouldn't have been time for a, for a replay. And, uh, you know, the, the, the lottery went against them on, on Saturday night, you know, but or, or Sunday. Uh, and obviously, Ronan, you know, even though we've we've all been looking for kind of people breaking the mould in the football championship, we've ended up with three of the same four semi-finalists as we had last year with J.K. Brackens uh, replacing Lockmore. And, you know, obviously, J.K. Brackens would, would certainly have probably been viewed as the fifth or sixth team in, in, in the counting standings even last year. So we pretty much got the cream rising to the crop and... Uh, and it'll be both Upper Church and Jacob Brackens. They'll also know that both of their most recent appearances in county senior football finals went went horribly against them. Uh, Upper Church last year, and I think Brackens a few years back against commercials. So both of them will be chomping at the bit to be the team to get back to the final, and uh, and maybe you know may, maybe certainly give a better account of themselves than they would have done mm-hmm. previously. But they'll also know they're going to have a hell of a battle against the other team to get there. And uh, you know, in fairness, both of these. Have become the kind of the new breed. They've they've, they've joined Lockmore in relation in, in in becoming you know proper dual clubs. And you know and while we're on that subject, great win for Starless Ashfields as well yes. in the intermediate football at the weekend. And they find themselves in a semi final. I think it's against Aherlow. Uh, and in the other one, you'll have the we'll call it the uh, the Charlie McGeever DJ O'Dwyer Derby the two boys have been managing teams jointly together with commercials and county minor teams for many many years but uh, Charlie's in Grange Mokler and DJ's up in Galtier Rover so they'll be pitting the wits against each other in the other semi-final and that, that game as well will be something to watch so a lot of football to be played uh, rolling between now and the end of the year and uh, I think in both competitions, the best, you know the, the cream is now beginning to rise to the crop Tom, uh, Martin I'll let you go and thanks for your time this evening Cheers, Ronan. Thanks indeed, uh, Martin Quinlivan, but Tom stays with us. Tom, um, just on Brackens and uh, that win over Kilnall, uh, Kilnall have been motoring well, but I just wonder, and you, like, this is an excuse that, that Lockmore ever put forward, but I just wonder how much mileage is in the Kilnall legs. They're going well in the Premier Intermediate and probably are targeting that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that that would be their one objective now I saw them they were in the same group as Upper Church and they played they played in the rag on their most horrendous evening uh, back there a few well it's two months two months ago now I suppose really but um, they're they're short they, they were playing deep defensive but then working getting involved as quick as they should as they would need to be when you are that defensive thought they would be better to have played a played a target used the target man a little bit more uh, three points is poor enough they scored three three like which is you know that's you know, three points to pour a turn like and I mean you want to be you want to get more than three points in, in a match because like, you don't get three goals in every match so six scores is is, is not great like and um, you know I can seem to have a little bit more in hand the whole way through it like you know put up a good score about 210 wasn't it yeah 210 to 3-3 you know, three, three, yeah. yeah yeah so I mean you know 210 210 is, is, is a decent score to have you know, to been featured in, in, in the other in the other the other quarterfinals to have, to have done to have done plenty Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm delighted as well to be joined, uh, Tom, by Liam Stokes, the Kilsheila manager who's on the line. How are you, Liam? Uh, 
Uh, well run, how are you? I'm good, Liam. Thanks for joining us. Um, just, you know, a, a lot of miles on the Kilsheel and Kilcash legs as well. It's, a, so it's, a, it's happening in most clubs at this time of the year. Did you feel your players were, you know, uh, suffering the ill effects of, of so much hurling and football coming week in, week out? And there was, a, I think, a weekend there where you played three games in eight days. Yeah, three games in seven days. And there were some of them played five games in 13 days. Um, look, I I, <coughs> um, I make more bones about it. I'm a huge fan of the dual player. Um, we're um, an organisation called the GAA. And uh, I totally and, and utterly embrace the fact that uh, we have a group of young lads, a fantastic group of young lads, um, that embrace it as well and are only too happy to wear the blue and gold of Kilsheel for both football and hurling. Um, has it had an effect? Yeah, look, I mean, it, it's it's not simple, but I, I think um, as we speak about dual players and dual subs, everyone aspires to be a lot more. And that's not just because Tom is there. Um, what they've achieved and what they've done is is has been incredible. And um, look, that's the barometer that we have to set. Um, we're just... Um, probably a little bit off it in relation to like the 12 or 13 of our first 15 under 23. So it's it's very much a building process. Um, uh, yesterday, I suppose, we had the game within within our grasp and we didn't see it out, and that's something we'll have to look at. But um, no fault of the lads. We finished with 13 players uh, in extra time and, and saw the game out and got the draw, and the penalties just didn't go our way. And you make a point about Lockmore, but I think it's fair to say as well that Brackens and Church, Upper Church have taken a leaf out of that book and can absolutely define themselves as dual clubs now because they're in the business end of hurling and football. A hundred percent. And I suppose we have to be mindful of the fact that both Lockmore or um, uh, Brackens and Upper Church are playing senior football and senior hurling, uh, which makes it all the more remarkable. But they're probably a couple of years ahead of us, at least a couple of years ahead of us in physical development. <clears throat> and on a day like yesterday, um, uh, it was always going to be a problem for us. And um, uh, look, I, I, I make no secret of the fact of my admiration for this group that plays with Kilsheel, um, their commitment and dedication, their determination to represent the club uh, on and off the field in the manner in which I expect them to um, is they're, they're, they're accredited themselves and their families. Liam, thanks indeed for that. I just wish you and your, I, I know that work is coming to a conclusion at your pitch so we look forward to getting back into Kilsheelan for matches but also best of luck in the County Intermediate Hurling Semi-Final next weekend Thank you very much Ron. Not at all Thanks indeed That's Liam Stokes uh, joining us there A quick word with Tom before we go Lots more to talk about Tom because you've got a South versus a Mid final no matter what happens Just talk to us about that Mid Semi-Final now between Brackens and the Church because you know they're near neighbours they know each other pretty well from the Mid Championship and I wouldn't be comfortable calling this one? No, and uh, I suppose well, they wouldn't have met too much in the mid-championship because the mid-championship has, hasn't kind of happened yeah, yet true, this actually, year, like, yeah, yeah. Un- un- unfortunately. No, like, ho- hopefully it will because, like, it's, it's, I always regard it as being a terrific competition and a lot more Castellini people did too because the, the Ryan Cup was that issue and that was our, that was the law, that was the, that, that's our canister as Paddy O'Shea would say, like, so we always derive great pleasure from that. But, no, I think you know a couple of church are back within months they've they've built on last year they're one step away from from the final again this year and you know people kind of maybe reckoned and 
I was I was surprised at him last year now like that 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 made such uh, made such uh, inroads and. Um, even seen them this year, like I mentioned already, about the match against Kilnall. Their ball retention and their their work rate, and you know, get the ball to the right fellas, and you know, they're going to take a bit of they're going to take a bit of beating. But but Brackens, though, on the other hand, like that, sorry, finish with the shorts. But they have to they have to, the experience of last year, the disappointment probably at the final. Although I would have thought that they they probably performed they performed. But, Decent, I thought, in the final last year, right? It did finish up kind of bad from for finish, but the, the the conditions were 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 terrible, like. But mm. they, I thought they they had an old game plan and they they stuck to it for as long as they could, and they got them so far. And then, but they'll they'll have learned from that. It was, it was an experience to be in the stadium in the final, like, and that's something that you know, Brackens have to go back a bit further since since they were in the final. But they have a lot of um, like Brackens are playing playing hurling football now at at you know, high levels, you know, and they're 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 in A competitions as well and they've they've won minor, they've won under twenty ones. All these players are good capable performers, good athletes as well. And, and like the lads that we missing earlier in the year was it uh, Paddy Cadell was the was the obvious yes. one. And then uh, Connor was Connor was gone for a while as well, like so they've got them back. And um, you know that's all. That that's all. That's all important. Like, and when you have your full, when you have your full forces. So I think they're going to give the. They could be hard to call now the, yeah. the semi final like this. Um, I think Brighton's possibly on the basis of their strength and depth. That they're they're they'll they'll get to twenty four, twenty five players that are sort of at that level. Very comfortable, very comfortable playing football, and very comfortable probably playing senior football at that. Like, and yeah. the, the church may not have the same strength and depth. Like, but I mean, like I said already, church have the experience from last year. That has to be worth something to them all, right? Like, yeah. but like the, the, the other, the other one, of course. Then, like, uh, like uh, it's very hard to look beyond commercials, even not just the semi-final, but the final as well. Like that, I think commercials seem to be. It's what they're scoring. Uh, yeah, like, but I mean, they be yeah, they, they are, and they're yeah. putting teams to the sword. And that's that's a kind of that's a hallmark of a team that that's on a bit of a mission. Yeah, you know, like that. They, they're no, you have to keep your eye on the ball. Uh, like you know, the next match, they they can't be playing a county final or further afield their head, yeah. before you win the semi final. Semi final is the first one. I want to talk uh, intermediate football because we're up against the clock and uh, yep. Martin made reference to Sarsfield's 213-1-4 win over Feathered which was noteworthy. Galtier Rovers had a comfortable enough win over Mullinahone, one ten to 6 points while well, the other two mm-hmm. games went to extra time which just shows you how evenly matched the grange mokler Moyne match was, the Aherlow commercial second team was. Uh, interesting, I think, that the Sarsfield's result. Uh, is it too early to call them a dual club? They are a dual club. Uh, they are like okay. They'd be operating maybe. There's not too many. There's not too many senior hurlers playing intermediate football. Like, but I'd say Paddy Creed. They're playing. They're Paddy Creed probably is, is he? He is. Yeah. 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 She's father would have <laughs> kind of expected. Yeah. Tell it to be an uncomfortable breakfast table <laughs> or dinner table. That's what table it's also, wasn't, yeah. But yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, but um, no, Sarsfield um, probably I knew themselves and and, and Federer would be tight, but uh, the margin is what is what surprised me. Like that's. Um, like wasn't I wasn't totally shocked that that um, that Sarsfield won it, but the fact that they won it so comprehensively and put up a decent score as well. Like you know, Federer had been had been doing okay and had won the South under nineteen as well. So there's there's work being done in the in the football there, and it's great it's great to see them making inroads. But I think last weekend will be a bit of disappointment to them now, the fact that that they didn't didn't go on another yes, step. Like, but, I would have thought so. but, but Arlo and Sarsfield is going to. 
as one it's of the... It's going to be a different kind of game. Yeah, blue, blue ribboned. Grinch Mokler may well go into that last four as favourites. The semi-final draws at Harlow against Sarsfields, Galtry Rovers against Grange Mokler. Lots of intrigue there. I got a fly. Thank you for your time, Tom. You're more than welcome, Roland. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, no doubt. Thanks indeed. Tom McGrath with his analysis of the Intermediate and Senior Football Championships. Just going to Junior A Championship quarterfinals. Sean Tracy's 2.18, Killadangan 2.3 and St. Pat's 1.9, Holy Cross 1.4, Carrick Swan 3.9, Boherlach and Duala 1.6. The semi-finals then we'll see St. Pat's against Sean Tracy's and Carrick Swan await the winner of Arvale Rovers and Ross Gray. There was one other significant game in the Intermediate Hurling Championship. Laura Dara had too much for Clonakenny. 1.20 Laura Dara, 2.15 for Clonakenny and just on the intermediate or sorry the senior football relegation don't forget three out of four go down this year so already relegated are Aero Ganacarthy and my Aero Ganacarthy and my Carkey my Carkey losing to Rockwell Rovers 3-11 Rockwell my Carkey won three while Arvale Rovers defeated Aero Ganacarthy 1-14 to 1-9 that means that Arvale Rovers and Rockwell Rovers will meet each other in an all-west decider to see who stays senior football in the West Tipperary and who goes down because either Arvale or Rockwell Rovers will join Anna Carty in intermediate football next year. I hope you got all of that. We've got a lot more sport to cover here on Extra Time. Our text number is 83 311 We'll take a break. Back in a minute. Extra Time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina. OREA Stokes and Quirk Clan Mel. And OREA Shame Brown Ross Cray. Real Estate Alliance. Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina. OREA Stokes and Quirk Clan Mel. And OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. You're very welcome back. Our text number is 083 311 Tony Smith, ladies football is on the line. How are you, Tony? How are you? Uh, we'll start, actually, we'll come to the semi-finals in a second, but there was a significant relegation match that took place and a so significant win for Aherlow, 4-11, over Temple Moore's four points. Uh, Temple Moore is a club of Maria Curley, who I think is the Tipperary senior captain this year. Was the, not necessarily the result, but the margin victory a surprise? It was. I mean, uh, obviously both teams struggled this year, which was surprising. Um, I suppose the big result in, in, in Temple Moore's section was when Torlis beat them, which I suppose was a surprise. But then when they got into the relegation scenario, uh, it obviously, they were up against it because Aherlow produced the goods on the night. Now, in the earlier rounds, uh, Timber Moore had difficulty fielding teams. I, I, I was at the match where they played Mulder Hall. They had only 13 players. So whatever was happening there, I don't know. But uh, certainly on Friday night, uh, Aherlow were deserving winners. Yeah, and congratulations to them. And But that was the kind of the entree ahead of the main course, which was, of course, the semi-finals. And we have a repeat pairing from last year. Feather, two are the defending champions, will take on Brian Baruz. I thought Mile Rovers would be closer to Brian Baruz. I did too, Ronan. And I wasn't just wearing my Mile Rovers hat in that case. But um, looking at the, their last matches, I thought Mile Rovers were very impressive when they beat Mulder but I thought uh, Brian Bruce didn't look great when Galtier Rovers beat them, and Galtier Rovers were deserving of their win. Now, uh, Brian Bruce had one group game left after that against Commercials, but I didn't see that game. But they managed to beat Commercials by a point. But certainly on Sunday, this was a transformed Brian Bruce team. I thought they were excellent on Sunday. I suppose the question then has to be, are they just a championship team when it comes to knockout? That you know They'll do what they have to do to get through the group stages, but they're a different animal in championship knockout football. 
Well, certainly on Sunday, I was very impressed with them. From the word go, their county players, Cleena DeWire was a midfield, she was outstanding. Laura Morrissey was outstanding at centre-back, and Maureen Murphy was very effective at centre-forward. But not just those three, they're, they're younger players. The two Ryan sisters, I thought, were very, very good. They both played wing-forward on Sunday, and Sean Amar at, at wing-back had the freedom of the park at times, and she used it very effectively. But they just, like from the word go, they got on top, they were eight points up at half-time, and they held out comfortably in the end. Yeah, congratulations to them. Now, Feathers, I think, were taking on Galti, I think, on the other side, was it? Right. That was the first game. Now, that started in when the weather was at its worst. It was appalling weather when they came out on the pitch. So and, just uh, just pay tribute, actually. I think both those games were on in Sean Tracy Park, weren't they? Correct. Absolutely. Well, fair play to Tipperary, or to Arville Rovers, for making their pitch available for two matches. A lot of clubs would have pulled that when they saw the... F- Absolutely. And I would say this, the pitch was in fantastic condition for both games. But in, in that first game, now, when the game started, it was just so bad. And Galtier Rovers, uh, Galtier Rovers, in the first half, they played against, uh, sorry, they played uh, against the wind, just sorry. They played against the wind. And at halftime, they were only three points to two behind, which was nothing like you would have thought. But then in the second half, there was just that period, there was about a 10-minute period in the middle of the second half where, for some reason, Galtier Rovers seemed to drop further back and Feather came on to them more, and Heather Spillane got a crucial goal, and that was it, I think. And then at the end, Galtier, in fairness to them, came back again very strongly, had chances, could have snatched it, definitely, but Feather held on to win by four points. And Feather don't seem to have taken their foot off the throttle following last year's win. No, they don't. And again, like they're still a very, very young team. They're a really young team, but very dependent on Sunday now on the two Spillane's midfield. Heather and Lucy were outstanding in the middle of the field on Sunday for them. You know, but uh, they, have, they have an awful lot of young players that they're very dependent on, and uh, they are very effective. Now, maybe the conditions didn't suit them, but by the same token, Galtier Rovers had a very young team, and I, I, I saw Galtier Rovers a few times this year, and I've been quite impressed with the progress they're making. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting final because Brian Baru's were not going to, you know, I'm sure they'll come back with the same fight they showed against Mile Rovers against Feathers. They have, and, and as you know, they've been very unfortunate in these matches. I yes. mean, they were caught late above in Latin. They were caught uh, last year above in Bancha. They were caught prior to that, uh, the, the day above um, in Latin. Uh, sorry, not in Latin, but in Timbertui when uh, Aherlo beat them. You know, they've, they've been very close now on a number of occasions in the last few years. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them winning the final. Yeah, absolutely. When's it on, Tony? It's on uh, Sunday the 8th. Sunday the uh, junior, intermediate and uh, senior will be on 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock all on Sunday the 8th of October. Location yet? Not decided yet, Ronan. Depends on pitches, I'd say. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. to get a, a triple header. Well, that's wishful thinking. It is when you see what's coming across the Atlantic at the moment, my friend. Exactly. Anyway, listen, Tony, yeah. it's, it's good talking to you, mate. Thanks for your time tonight. Talk to Thank you. Ronan. Thanks indeed. Bye. That's Tony Smith with reflections on the County Senior Ladies Football Semi-Finals. Let's go to soccer. Delighted to be joined by Barry Ryan. Good evening to you, Barry. Hi, Ronan. How are you? Uh, listen back to the last week's show. Um, you made an impassioned plea for Clamwell Town to sort things out because nobody who enjoys football in South Tipperary can take any pleasure whatsoever in, in looking at their set of results at the moment. No, not at all. And look, you know, it's funny. Um, I suppose 
People of my vintage, your vintage, like Plummel Town are one of the biggest clubs in the country. Um, and they're the standards they hold the club to. And some people, I think, after it's been, oh, you know, maybe, yeah, look, I agree with what you said, but, you know, was it a bit harsh? And people are thinking, like, people always associate any kind of a strong opinion as criticism. But for me, it was just very much a case of, look, what an unbelievable club, unbelievable club, man. Like, where would you get lads like Paddy Turner? Unbelievable. And you're just saying, look, let's get a little bit more structure, like maybe a St. Michael's, um, you know, or a Pike Rovers or a Fairview around our junior setup. Because, you know, the game has changed and stuff like that. But I must say, I'm really, really pleased to see Jonathan O'Donoghue go in there because he will absolutely steady the ship. He's a Munster U Cup winning manager. He's managed at junior level. He's at every... You go to any game around Clamel on a Sunday, he's there. So I, I feel that will be really positive in the coming weeks. I would completely write off Sunday's result because with everything that had gone on in the seven days in Clamel, going away to Peak Phillips, forget about it. That was never, ever going to work out. But I think the season can start now from next weekend. It has to start. And I I share your uh, optimism about uh, Donks going in there, Jonathan O'Donoghue, because he is the sort of fella who, you know, he will, he'll, he'll get control of the dressing room first and foremost, which I think he has to. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what needs to happen. They need to go back to basics. Uh, they've been caught in between different styles and stuff like this. But now it's just about, it's very much just about manning up, for want of a better phrase. Um, and in terms of let's, uh, let's be strong, let's be t- uh, typical. I've, I've lamented so many times about Clamwell. For me, Clamwell Town is Charlie McKeever's Clamwell Town with Paul Scully and Ian Barnes in the middle of the pitch and Tony Scully playing in front of them. Uh, Ramey Condon at centre-back. Tony Davis at, uh, at full-back. Uh, Smurf Ferns at the other side. And Dwayne Byrne or Aaron Roney up top. And John Shannon as well he was a great fan oh just Shannon is unbelievable right and Paul could be playing anywhere he could be in goals he could be centre back he could be in the middle of the field right and they were a nightmare to play against because they were so robust they were physical they could play football against you uh, but there was no you know it wasn't about like oh playing out from the back it was, you know it was Clamwell Town were rugged and they were difficult to play against and had fantastic footballers as well but I, that's what I want to see coming back and I think I think Jonathan O'Donoghue will bring that back yeah, it's it's fascinating um, because of the fact that you, you know, you, the the fixtures just weren't kind. The fact that they had to go away to Peak Villa, so you make the point that the season starts now. Other interesting fixtures this weekend, probably the FAI Junior Cup first round, big win for Clamwell Celtic against Wilderness because these are neighbours. They're on opposite side of the bypass. It was feisty. Yeah, it was. And, you know, they have so much history over the last couple of seasons. Wilderness actually ousted Tom and Celtic to come up as champions a couple of years ago and Celtic coming up as second. And they seemed to meet each other in every single cup competition that year as well and shield finals and everything. So, you know yourself, when teams keep coming up against each other like that, it adds an edge to it that you probably don't already need with a Tom Derby. And look, it was very, very feisty and everybody kind of saw maybe the fallout of that over the last 24 hours. But from Celtic's point of view, 4-0 win um, and they they're started the season on fire. And, you know, they played Tom Town in a massive derby now next season. It next is week. massive, yeah. Um, because for, for for any number of reasons that people can read into of what we've been discussing over the last couple of months. Another notable result, I think, was the Banshee Celtic v Rovers game. And I must, like, this is a Banshee Celtic bang on form at the moment, uh, noted by their Munster Junior Cup win over Clamwell Town. But v Rovers, there's signs there of a return to form for the lads from Skart. Yeah, look, I, firstly for Bancha, you know, it's back-to-back weeks now. They've, you know, they've accounted for Clamwell Town in the Munster. They've accounted for V, who are only down for the Premier in the FEI. Um, 
Look, I suppose the thing for V is that 17 goals conceded in four games. That's a lot of goals to be conceded. You know, after having five or six years in the Premier League, um, you know, you'd expect them to be quite solid in the first division now. But look, Banch, our Premier League opposition. And look, to be fair to Hawk Dwyer, he's been around the game, was a very, very good player with St. Michael's, you know, I mean, I'm very successful as a player. And, you know, and I would imagine he'd get the respect of that dressing room. And I would say, look, they look at that and go, look, we've went toe-to-toe with a Premier Division team. Can we now take that into the first division over the next few weeks and push for promotion? Absolutely, it's it's it really is interesting stuff. Care Park too much for Duala, Cashel Town too much for Money Goal. Yeah, good good results. Good results, well. you know like results. on the road for Cashel. Yeah, and just mentioning them, the Money Goals and some of the North Tip teams. Nina Nina Town bet knocked Fairview Rangers out of the Munster uh, Junior Cup a week ago, and with we were kind of caught for time and never got into it. But what a cracking result that was for Nina Town. That is huge because we kind of lose sight of Nina Town because the fact they're playing in Limerick a little bit. But like you've taken a hell of a scalp there. Yeah, a hell of a scalp. But like Fairview won the FBI Junior two years ago and the Munster Junior um, the following year. So I mean, what what a result that was to go and beat them, and they won again this week in the FBI Junior Cup as well. So it might be interesting over the next few weeks. Is there seeds of growth in Nina Town? Are they coming again? I hope they are. I hope they are because they've made that plunge from the North Tip League into Limerick, and they just need to be successful there. Yeah, look, when they went in, uh, it was such a huge step up and they lost a lot of... Mike O'Gorman was an Irish Junior International. Aaron Savage was an Irish Junior goalkeeper and they were both taken by Limerick Clubs after one year and that was probably something that they hadn't bargained for um, and that probably affected their progress. You know, a lot of people forget they actually came second in the Limerick Premier League in their first season there. Yes, that's true. Before I go, I'll be shot if I don't mention Powerstown scoring four against SC and K United. I'm going to show my ignorance now. S, who are SC and K United? So that is an amalgamation of um, Sleeve Naman and Kilsheelan. Ah, okay. So I'm actually very pleased I knew that. You really put me on the spot there. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I don't know what the C is. Sleeve Naman and Kilsheelan United. Yeah, which is brilliant to see two clubs coming together like that and to see can, you know what, to straighten themselves at junior because it is getting more and more difficult to get 11, 15 bodies on a Sunday. It is when there's the GA in full swing, you know, and everybody's pulling at the same cohort of players Barry it's always a pleasure thanks for your time thanks so much Ronan not at all that's Barry Ryan joining us there uh, with some results uh, elsewhere in that the t- game between Tipperary Town and Knockavilla did not take place while St Michael's put nine past Ballingarry Albion uh, Cashel Town lost at home to Shoreside in Division 2 win for Mark Glass over St Nicholas and Tumal Boris over Rose Green Rangers let's finish off tonight by going to Camogie and I think we're going live to Geraldine Canaan who I think is at the Bursalee versus Drummond Inch Camogie Court the final. How are you, Ger? How are you doing, Ronan? Yeah, it's uh, Burst Lee and Burst Tohara in the last of the quarterfinals, Deputy Insurance Senior Championship. And Burst just added a point there from, uh, I think it's East Fitzgerald there to make it one four to five points to lead here. They got a goal early two minutes into the game for me for Ryan, but uh, it's a strong win here in Burst Tohara's favour. But it's Burst Lee that's leading at present a goal and four points to, to five points. The winners are out in the semi final this weekend against Clonaunty Ross Moore with Turles, Sarsfield, and Drummond Inch in the other county finals or county semi final. So, after tonight we're down to the last war in the SPD Senior Championship It's great and judging by the wind and what I can hear on your mic there it would appear that Burgess are going to have to do something to get back into that because it sounds like a couple of points worth of a wind that'll be behind Boris in the second half 
Yeah, Boris will have a strong win behind him in the second half. So really, Boris Dohara should be should need to go in in front of half time. They just hit a wide there. They've actually had two goal chances as well that have gone a begging as well. So look, they, they will definitely could root uh, regret those chances. But it's a very lively game here, and it's a massive crowd here in Boris Lee. And I mean, the lights and everything really adds to the atmosphere. And obviously, we we've cloned people here. We've drawn an inch hurlers. Arsenal's all taking the interest of the huge crowd as well from from Burgess and from, and from Boris Lee, of course. Well, people getting the match in before the. Uh, storms are coming so uh, it's it, it's good it's been played tonight and not tomorrow night let me tell you that listen let's look at the other quarterfinals that took place this weekend uh, Clonality who would have des- would have aspirations to perhaps go one further than previous years and land the, the thing uh, had too much for silver mines comprehensive enough 117 to 7 points yeah, I suppose we two really kind of one-sided quarter-finals, mm. I suppose, with the table toppers, Droma and Clonanti beating number four, I suppose, in the other opposite group. So, look, Clonanti had too much again, really, for Silver Mines. Um, and, and I know Joanne Nolan there, Silver Mines goalie, was very good as well and pulled off a number of saves. So, But, like, 117 to, to seven points, I suppose, tells its own story. Caught the man, her, her usual excellent form from freeze and play. And, look, a big, a big, a big win for Clonanti, and I suppose what they want going into a semi-final this weekend. Yeah, and then you've drummed an inch five twenty against Kickham's one three. Kickham's, uh, I suppose. Look, they were, they'll be pleased to have gotten out of the group and got into a quarter final. I don't mean to damn them with faint praise. Yeah, you know, look, it's great progress for them. They're only second year in senior championships, so they definitely progressed from last year, reaching a quarterfinal knockout. I thought, I actually thought myself this game might be might have been a, a bit closer. You know, I thought Kickers would have maybe made a bit more of a game of it for the first twenty minutes, but I suppose they're they're they met a drum team really on form, and you know. Um, I suppose it was a daunting task for Kickhams and kind of wondered were they lacking a bit of belief maybe before the game but look Drum a very strong team and you know look look to be you know I'd say they're the bookie favourite to retain the title the way they're going at the moment and yep. it was a massive result for them again It's the way they're scoring and then you have Sarsfields 2-19 Airog and Akarty 4-9 this was probably the closest yeah, definitely was the closest. And look, Sarsons were probably on top for a lot of it, but uh, and Akarty got key goals at key times. Ava Dwyer scored it from from a penalty. Leah Heffernan got one from play. Ava Dwyer got another one from play. And at one stage of the second half, they bought the lead back to a point. But then Sarsons got two goals in a row. Um, Karen Kindy was excellent again. So too was Quiva Stakelum. So look, Sarsons will be delighted to get the kind of monkey off their back. They've they've gone out at quarterfinals for the last couple of years. They finally made a, a top four, a semi final, and but they need a big improvement that performance if they're to beat Drum next weekend but you know they met Drum in the group stages and it was not in between the sides so I'm expecting a, a real close game uh, at the weekend that one and the semi-finals as you say is going to be Clonelty against the winners of Bursley and Burgess while Thurla Sarsfields will face Drum and Inch that's it uh, Drum and Thurla Sarsfields on Saturday and uh, Clonelty and the winners of tonight's quarter final here is on Sunday so just before I let you go intermediate big win for Shannon Rovers over Toome yeah, Sean Rovers, really good form at the moment. They put six goals past Tui Vara, uh, 6 10, I think, nine points that game finished. So, looking good again. You know, they really they need to win a county final this year after losing the last couple of finals. But they're certainly uh, very impressive so far this year and, and look like the team to beat. And just before I let you go, a final update there on the score. It was one four to five points when last week you gave us an update. Yeah, it's still the same here. One four to five points for the lead. Uh, just twenty three minutes now. Got in the second in the first half. Gerald Owens in education. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Take care, Geraldine Canan joining us live from Bursley. There is Bursley lead Burgess and the wind assisting Burgess in the first half. Uh, so they'll have to come back before half time if they're going to make use of that wind. One four to five points. Winners play Clonality in the.
County Senior Camogie semi-final, which is pretty much all we have time for. Let's just go through some results that we didn't have time for. We mentioned the Premier Intermediate Hurling Championship quarterfinal, Laura Dara beating Clonic Kenny. That means the semi-final lineup for the Premier Intermediate Hurling Championship has been secured. It's Cashel King Cormorks against Laura Dara, while Killinall take on Thurless Sarsfields. There was one match that had to be played in the Junior A Hurling Championship quarterfinal, and Clonality Ross Moore defeated Ross Gray 220 to 111, which means that the semi-finals in the Junior A Hurling Championship quarterfinals sees Clonality Ross Moore take on J.K. Brackens, while Balnehinch take on Holy Cross. Big excitement, I would imagine, up in Balnehinch because, <clears throat> as they're the only team left in the Junior A Hurling Championship for whom it is their first team, it means Balnehinch will represent Tipperary in the Munster Junior Hurling Championship when we get to that stage, even if they don't win the county final, uh, which I'm sure they'll have designs on as well. Um, the results under 19A Hurling Championship semi-final during the week Holy Cross defeated St Mary's Clamel 218 to 113 Gurt Glen Gould in the B defeating St Pat's 421 to 212 Minor A Hurling Championship quarterfinal Carrick Swan 15 points Cashel King Cormacks 110 that means the semi-finals in the Minor A um, I think so um, Holy Cross 320 Carrick Swan 919 Mullinahone 17 points Thurless Oak one nine, so that's a Holy Cross Mulnahone minor A semi final. Some Holy Cross motor nicely yet again on all fronts, both in the semis in the final of minor A and now under nineteen A as well. Don't forget next weekend, bumper weekend and here on, on Tip FM because we will have live coverage of the senior hurling championship semi finals on Saturday at seven fifteen in the evening. It's Thurless Sarsfields against Lockmore Castellani live from the stadium. And then on Sunday, three thirty, the second semi finals is Killadangan take on Tumivara. That also live from the stadium as well. We'll have updates throughout the weekend as well on Premier Intermediate and Inter and Junior A hurling. But that's all we've time for. Thanks to Dan O'Connor Dan Kennedy who is on the phone tonight. Ian O'Connor is the series producer. Podcast will be up in a few minutes, including that full Dara Lynch interview. We'll talk to you next week. Good night and good luck.